This week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite sad 90s bands. Hello and welcome to a very sad, depressing mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. And I just broke up with my high school girlfriend. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor. Probably should have done that before I got married to my current wife, but it's one of those things I kept meaning to do, and it kept getting pushed onto another different to-do list, and I kept carrying it over and forgetting to actually get it done. Well, I mean, once nah. they took away your MySpace page, it was a lot harder to keep track of everything. That's true. We sure. were friends on LiveJournal, and that's where I was going to do it, but then she's just like, oh, I'm over LiveJournal. I'm on Facebook uh, now because I'm in college because uh, that's how long I had been pushing off this breakup. <laughs> John, don't worry about it. If the Sopranos has taught me anything, everyone deserves a guma. What's a guma? If the Sopranos have taught me anything, it's, hey, I'm walking here. Look out for my gangsters. Boom, boom. Shoot, shoot. Uh, a guma is your, uh, is your girlfriend. Oh, in the gangster way. Yeah, so like like you have your wife and then you have your guma. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Are you sure they're not saying gourmet? No, they're definitely saying guma. That's what the subtitles got? <clears throat> uh yes. Are they like fan <laughs> subs from the nineties where there's a little asterisk and on the top of the page in yellow text it explains a oh, guma is actually a mistress <laughs> in the mafia world. Uh, no, Guma, just like they say, Gabagool, is like their, like, uh, New Jersey Italian slang for Komar, which is like the Italian word, I think, for girlfriend. Gotcha. I like the one where Tony has to show his daughter to college. That's a good That's episode. That's a really good episode, I know. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't being, like... I wasn't joking. That's that's my favorite episode. Yeah. Oh, my favorite episode is Pine Barrens, the one where Polly and Christopher Ooh, that's real accidentally good. Yeah. they think they killed that Russian guy, but then he's not dead, and then they shoot him in the head and he disappears and they just get stuck in the woods for like three days. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Directed by Steve Buscemi. Nice. It's a really good you know what? I, I it's a solid show all around. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, still holds uh, up. Not that we're going to be talking about Sopranos today, because this week, hot off the heels of last week's episode, where we discussed sad boy, sword porn, emo movie, The Crow. This week, we're discussing our favorite sad 90s bands. That's right. Bands that are sad not because of the quality of music. It's not sad that they continue to put out music. Bands whose music is inherently sad. Sure, this, so isn't, gonna... this isn't Kiss in the 90s, where it's just like, Correct. oh, fellas. This is not Guns N' Roses today, where it's like Axel, buddy. Yeah, no. Yeah. This is music that is depressing or in that way that's like trying to be a little more than it really is. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Again, so we're gonna the, go... the I Just Broke Up With My High School Girlfriend, Volume 3. Yes. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to go around the horn. Patrick, why don't we start with you? Favorite sad 90s band. Uh, Yeah, and I loved this band a great deal in the 90s. And I'm going to go with Pennsylvania's own, the band Live. (laughs) Wow. You may recall them from their breakout album, Throwing Copper, where they sang about a miscarriage and I recall them 
from trying to find them on Kazaa and simply not being able to because it would all be parentheses live versions yes. of other different songs. Their music was impossible to steal for that reason. Uh, and oh, yeah. not all of their music was necessarily sad later, but it was all all pretty bleak. And even when it wasn't, they were a bunch of religious undertones. So it was always kind of arcing towards something deeper than it really was. Yeah, like the insane clown posse. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, they yeah. were they were like they were they they were closer to I think Creed before Creed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. they're definitely live albums that are practically Christian rock. Um, that's yeah. just the case. The one big thing I remember about Live back in the day was that their lead singer Ed uh, mm-hmm. had a bald he had a bald head, but also like a big stupid ponytail. Yeah, it was a rat tail actually. Wow. He had a completely bald head, and then like uh, the kind of oh, hair just... thickness you'd see on a fifteen year old boy's mustache in rat tail form, <laughs> running down the back of his neck. Strange guy. So that was like super on purpose. I could understand. Oh, like, yeah. oh I haven't been to the barber in a while. Oops. Oh, no. It was a choice. Oh, yeah. No, no. Very on purpose. So it was like hippie Kelsey Grammer. Gotcha. Well, I think the problem was like Michael Stipe took wax and shine bald white guy who was singing about vaguely religious tones that were Uh, also sad. Buddy, we'll get to uh, shitty bald white guys in my pick. Don't you worry. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, So that's all right. So let's, uh, let's, let's move on. John. Favorite sad nineties, uh, favorite ni- sad nineties band. Oh, the shiniest of all of the nineties bands, the shiny happiest of all of the sad nineties bands. That's right, I'm talking about Chicago's own Billy Corgan. <laughs> so I was too excited for the reveal of this mislead that I forgot the name Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. <laughs> oh, they were so sad. They sure were. Um not so much the like uh like uh oh god, what was their first album? Uh was was it Siamese Dream or was that their second album? Regardless, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, my friends, half of that album is really good. (laughs) Half of it. Half of it. This was when they were like, oh, CDs cost like 10 cents to press. Of course, we're all going to do big double albums. Why wouldn't we? (laughs) We're literally leaving money on the table, fellas. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, half that album, real good. And it's not like split down the middle of like, oh, CD one is really good. CD two is really trash. You got to rip them both to your hard drive and make your own flow to them. (laughs) If you take two albums, you can make one decent album. Correct. Uh, and I I know that Billy Corgan did on purpose go on Alex Jones, wear a ridiculous amount of scarves and say how SJWs are the real Nazis if you think about it. <laughs> but like, Blah. I can't stay mad at that stupid, stupid idiot. He's just, he's so dumb. <laughs> he's so like specifically dumb. And I love... Every every five or six years, he tries to get another wrestling thing going, and I love that, too. I love his stupid tea and sandwich shop that he used to have in the suburbs of Chicago that cost $30. <laughs> <laughs> 
He used to, uh, Billy Corgan used to show up on WXRT in Chicago every now and then to talk about the Cubs. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's a huge Cubs fan. He's a huge and he would, Chicago fan. Like, yeah, he genuinely and like, has a deep abiding love for the city. And, like, I, I never really liked Smashing Pumpkins. I never got into them. I didn't, they weren't my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, their music wasn't uh, aggressive enough for me. <laughs> And but I got an, at one point I had an abiding appreciation for him because he would go on WXRT, the cool radio station, and talk about the Cubs, and he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. He fucking knew baseball. Yeah. I mean, that was always his dream was to make like a was to make Chicago like a hub of specifically pro wrestling. That was always the thing that like yeah. he was trying to get money from Ted Turner to make it happen. And occasionally he did. What was it uh, TNT that he had like a big stake in at one point? Yeah, one of the like third rest- string wrestling things he had like yeah. bought after it had failed and then just failed it even harder. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good description. Uh, yeah. I just remember uh, everyone having those zero t shirts. Hell yeah. Oh, sure. And then being like, and like, because I didn't. I didn't know or care about them. So I'd be like, what is zero? And they'd be like, oh, it's a Smashing Pumpkin song. And be like, oh, all right. Uh, and here's the thing. Cool. It's not very good. <laughs> like, even yeah. even someone who still kind of likes the Smashing Pumpkins, zero is a bad single. Mm, sure. True. Disarm, my friends. That's got cellos in it. <laughs> Strap all the way in. Uh, so that's gonna take it to me, Mark. Favorite sad '90s band. Uh, I am actually gonna go um, with REM. Hell nice. yeah! We're gonna do three, three baldy bands here. Yeah, get all the baldies um, out. Well, they're so sad because they're so bald. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the album uh, Automatic for the People is one of the saddest albums that's ever been released in the history of sad albums. Is that the one that's got a Orange Crush on it? No, that's Monster. Gotcha. Uh, or is it? Or it's Green. Um, no, no. Automatic for the People has Man on the Moon and Everybody Hurts Ooh, on it. Yep. Yeah. And Sidewinding and stuff like that. It's a great album, but holy shit, it's the bummer of bummers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, well, I mean, they're big, like breakout single was losing my religion which is boy howdy that's a that's a sadden despite its yeah. prominent use of a mandolin yeah oh yeah, but yeah, the yeah. video's expertly shot by alton brown that's true, that's true. <laughs> that's true. uh the, the song i mean was it uh man on the moon is one of my favorite songs just in general oh, it's yeah. such a really great song and you know a little bit of a tribute to andy kaufman but just a tribute to, to to nostalgia in a lot of ways, uh, but and then everybody. Yeah, it heard... is barely about Andy Kaufman. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's literally. Meant... Remember that one time he wrestled? That was cool. Anyway, if you believe, they put a man on the moon. But like, what's great about that song is like, since then everyone's like, oh yeah, that's the Andy Kaufman song. Yep. Like to the point that they made a movie about Andy Kaufman. They're like, yeah, we're calling it Man on the Moon. <laughs> Goddamn Because of the song, obviously. Yeah. Jim Carrey yeah, will right? be impossible to work with on set. 
He'll be an insufferable <laughs> prick to everybody and blame it on being a method actor. Ooh. And then years later, we'll be like, yeah, put out all this footage of me backstage. This will vindicate me. It didn't vindicate me? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Lawler also, was... vaccines give all your children autism. <laughs> I'm Jim Carrey, and I believe that. Yeah, Lawler actually had was on uh, Stone Cold's podcast, uh, and he was telling stories about that shoot and how it was just a total fucking clusterfuck. Because Jim Carrey was insufferable uh, and he wanted him to give him a real pile driver during the wrestling. And Lawler's like, absolutely not. That's like, like, I'm a professional, so I could do it to you in a way that you wouldn't get hurt. But like, I'm not going to risk it. This is a huge Hollywood movie. He's like, you little pins, you get off my set. You're done. You're fired. You're out of here. And then later on, he gets called to like, hey, can you come to New York to shoot the Letterman bit for Man on the Moon? I thought I was fired. Just come to New York, please. Okay. <laughs> and they do the scene where they get in a fight on Letterman and Lawler, he's like, he goes to the director and says, you get this in one take. And he's like, I, well, I mean, we'll see. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're getting this in one take. And he just <laughs> slapped the shit out of Jim Carrey. <laughs> and it's to be pointed out that that's the director of that movie is Milos Forman. Oscar-winning director of like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Amadeus. Oh yeah, yes. and 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 former professional wrestler Jerry Lawler is like, you get one take of me slapping <laughs> no. the shit out of Jim Carrey. Mark, Mark, Jerry, the King Lawler. You're He's right, true. I the King. True. <laughs> My God, King, did you see that? <laughs> one of the things I love about Man on the Moon, the movie, is that like. Uh, and it's the perfect example of like the kind of personalities on people. Like there's the part where they do SNL and they have Lorne Michaels and he's dressed as seventies Lorne Michaels with the wig oh, yeah. and the sandals and the whole deal. And then they do the part on David Letterman and David Letterman is 1990, you know, like 1999 David Letterman. He's got the glasses, the short hair. He didn't even bother trying to look like 1984 David Letterman. Oh, yeah. He's like, fuck that. I'll co- I'll show up for just a minute. I'll do this thing, and I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm actually surprised that they got him for the movie, and it wasn't like Gary Shandling doing a Letterman impersonation, you know? <laughs> sure. I mean, Letterman will do movies every now and then. He was in Cabin Boy. <laughs> this That's is true. true. That's true. Um, I will say uh, honorable mentions for favorite ni- 90s sad bands. My original choice before everyone chose bald guy bands, and I had to call an audible in my head, <laughs> but my original choice was Corn. Oh, uh, sure. Whose every song is either Girls Don't Like Me or My Dad Was Mean to Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, Corn was like the the weird transition period from the like the the grunge of the like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and into the like dirtbag rock of like Kid Rock. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. just in the new metal scene. Boy, howdy! Yes. What oh, an yeah. embarrassing scene. If I mean, you could choose just about any of those bands, and they would be sad '90s rock. Oh bands. yeah, but there are also a lot of those are sad because it's like sad though. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. They're they are sad on multiple levels of uh, sad. Well, my honorable Man. mention, I think, fits both of those descriptions very well. Radiohead. You oh, should have stopped man. after three. Three was enough Radiohead. <laughs> we are done at fair. three albums. That's fair. Yeah. Now. Especially because after that, their whole thing was like, 
What if we made albums that were intentionally unlistenable? <laughs> yeah, what if we were confrontationally boring? <laughs> what if what if all of our instrumentation was just like a keyboard with two proper working keys? <laughs> Cash money is what happens, John. Cash money. Jesus. And like I do, like I understand getting into them in the like uh, like listening to Creep and getting into them as the like the next kind of Nirvana because they did have that kind of like they were sort of like that last crest of like grunge punk ish rock. Yes. But when they got into fucking Amnesiac and it's just uh, this synthesizer track is all about nine eleven. No, leave. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> you had your moment. It's finished. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, do you have any honorable mentions sad 90s bands? Oh, yeah. I uh, They're kind of more thought of as an 80s band, but definitely several of the albums that I listened to were in the 90s, and that's Depeche Mode. Oh, yeah. Which I definitely love, oh, but official. is the saddest European band in history. Official band fair. of the alt-right Depeche Mode. Oh, no. Oh. Did they really? No, no, no. no that that was uh, Ben was Shapiro, Richard Spe- I think. Oh, yeah, or oh. maybe it or was ben- Richard Spencer. No, it was Milo uh, the, the the yelly guy Crowder. It was Crowder, I think, who oh. said like the official yeah. band of the alt right is Depeche Mode, and they spent an entire forty eight hours just tearing the alt right apart on Twitter. Oh, of course, Depeche Mode has nothing to do with any of those things. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's like when those fuckbags were just like, "Wait a minute, Rage Against the Machine. When did you get political?" <laughs> Like, yeah, what the right. fuck machine do you think we were raging against, my man? <laughs> uh, we did a music video directed by Michael Moore. What are you talking yeah, about? We They were arrested playing on the steps of the fucking New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, well, that's going to do it for Sad 90s Bands. We made it through it. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Minisode happened. Uh, that's going to do it for this Minnesota Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I am still Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Body Count Cast, or email us at bodycountsandbeer at gmail.com dot com.